Welcome to the Drop Bass Not Bombs podcast. I'm your host, Amy Farina, aka MC Unicorn. This is the podcast where I interview interesting people in the electronic music scene who are raving for a cause and making the world a better place. Tune in twice a month to hear incredible stories, advice, and insider tips from ravers, industry professionals, content creators, and more. As always on this podcast, the views and opinions of my guests do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of those of my own or those of Drop Bass Not Bombs. As we do discuss some difficult topics on this podcast, listener discretion is advised. Before we jump into today's episode, a few messages from friends of the podcast and our sponsors. Are you looking for the perfect outfit for your next rave or big night out? When I'm planning my next festival fit, I go to Relita Couture. Relita Couture is a body positive rave fashion brand based in Las Vegas. The clothes are handmade and sure to make you look amazing for your next rave or festival. I've worn Relita Couture now all over the world, both as a raver and while I MC. The clothes are high quality and extremely comfortable. Use code MCUnicorn for 15% off at RelitaCouture.com because sexy has no size. Hey guys, MC Unicorn here. Before we jump into today's episode, before we get into the interview with Renee Soiree, just one note, at the time of recording this, her name was Bass Drop Princess, and she has since changed her name, so you're going to hear me in a second refer to her as Bass Drop Princess and a couple times throughout, but just know her name now on all social media purposes is Renee Soiree. And I link to all of her links down in the show notes, down in the description, depending on where you're listening. So you can find exactly where to find her. But it is Renee Soiree and not Bass Drop Princess. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Welcome back to the Drop Bass Not Bombs podcast. Today we have with us Bass Drop Princess. Renee is a social media manager, content creator, and all around raver. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for being here too. I'm so excited for this. I've been following your content for a while now and I was like, oh, I got to have her on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yes. I am so excited. I've been itching to get back into podcasting. So this is really great. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear all about it. I want to start first at the very, very beginning. What's your earliest electronic music memory? How did you get into the EDM world? So... It all started in 2011, way before I even knew what raving was. So basically my best friend and I heard about EDC coming to Las Vegas, which is where I live right now. And we were both at the time like, EDC, like what the heck is that? And all of our coworkers were talking about it and we're super excited. And we were seeing all these posts on Facebook of people like getting tickets to EDC. So then one day, like we go on YouTube and we look up EDC and I clearly remember the trailer had data life playing in it and it was at the Coliseum and you see, of course, like the rave and you see like all these balloons in the crowd and it just looked amazing. And I was like, Chloe, which is my best friend, I was like, we have to go to this. And so the next thing you know, I pulled out money from my savings and got both of us tickets because at the time tickets weren't nowhere near as expensive as what they are now. They were probably like, 
I want to say like 300 for three days or 380, something like that. And so then I got us both tickets and yeah, ever since um, I've never looked back. So that's honestly like my very first memory was EDC Las Vegas, the first EDC Las Vegas when they moved it here from uh, California. It always surprised me when people say like EDC was their first ever rave because it's just so big. I can't imagine for me, like I started with going to smaller shows first and then like EZU 2011 was my first festival, but to kind of the small raves club shows first. And I can't imagine EDC. So what was going through your mind when you entered the Speedway? Was it just like, oh, my God, that like, was it overwhelming? <laughs> OK, yeah. So it literally. OK, so, you know, everyone, you know, knows that moment or if you haven't been, you've probably seen it online where you walk into the speedway like you walk through the little that arc whatever and then you just see the whole panoramic view of edc and it's just absolutely breathtaking but it's also like this sense of oh my god like this place is huge like you don't even know where to start like what stages to go to the rides and of course back then it was a lot smaller and cosmic meadow wasn't even facing the entrance of the speedway when you first walk in it was actually facing uh like west i think or east so it wasn't facing you it was literally like facing the opposite direction and it was just a lot smaller back then but i still remember feeling like a kid in Disneyland, like, oh my gosh, like, where do we go first? And it was like the sense of adventure and whimsy. And it honestly just kind of brought me back to like my childhood self because it was like, oh my gosh, like we have so much to do, where do we go? And it was almost like this, um, that feeling that you get from like, uh, I wanna say almost like an amusement park or like a fun house where you just don't even know like what to expect or what you're gonna discover. So it was just really cool. And of course, because EDC Las Vegas was my first rave ever. It really set the bar high, especially because <laughs> yeah, it's an insomniac <laughs> event. So it was just, it was just phenomenal. And it, I mean, last year was my, was our 10th one together. So it's just, we've been going ever since they've had it here. So it was just really cool to have that experience. Yeah, I bet that's a really high bar to set. And then everything else needs to, needs to meet that going forward. I've never been to EDC Vegas, but I've been to EDC Orlando. <sighs> Yeah, I know. Oh and, and I've been to EDC Gotta go, girl. twice. Yeah, I, th I think next year will be uh, EDC Vegas will, will be the move. I, I've been dying to go. Obviously, that's that's the big one. And I've, I've heard a lot of good things about it. I've never even been to Vegas in general, though, which is crazy. Oh, wow. Like, You're even to make to a, Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> a trip, trip out of out. it then. Yeah, it's, it's honestly like a whole... Oh, it's like, I mean, obviously everyone talks about EDC like being like one of the, you know, like the top dog, top shelf music festivals. And it's just because it is like multiple genres in one. It's literally like five, six music festivals all in one. So I think that you would absolutely love it. It's, I mean, I feel like it's almost like a destination rave. Like everyone makes like a point to go to EDC Las Vegas at least once during their raving career, raving experience or raving um you know, like era, I guess, but you yeah, would love it. You would absolutely love it. I've been raving for 13 years. So I think it's time. <laughs> yeah. Definitely time. Long time. But yes. uh, yeah, I've, it's, it's just about making the trip out there. And, uh, you know, I live in the Netherlands now, so it's like a bit, it's a bit more difficult, but I'll, I'll make it out cool. there. Yeah, definitely. So looking back since then, how has your music taste changed? Have you like, were you always into the same music as you are now? Or like, how would you describe your music? You can describe it with three DJs, three festivals, or however you want to describe it. Yes. Yeah, so when I first got into EDM or the rave scene, I honestly was 
a very hardcore dubstep girl, bass head, whatever. Like that was my thing. Hence, you know, the name Bass Drop Princess. And honestly, that's what I listened to probably the first, I want to say like seven years of my raving um like like while I was like rave like raving actively and I still listen to dubstep it's just now I find myself I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or because I just I don't rave as much anymore um I find myself listening to a lot of I guess I don't know whatever genre you would say Rufus the Soul is or Bob Moses who made who mild minds I guess maybe progressive house but the thing is I absolutely still love dubstep and I the main reason is because I was a very big metal head in high school and of course dubstep was like the metal of EDM so like naturally I just gravitated towards that and I still love dubstep I still love you know like seven lions um like of course excision you know sudden death like subtronics of course like all of like these super big dubstep artists i mean even my boyfriend was making hard dubstep uh scudda and like i was a big support supporter but now that like we're getting older and we aren't like prioritizing raving as much I, it's just strange that our music changed changed like that to uh like something more chill so i don't know if it's because it's like an age thing or getting older or if I'm just broadening my horizons and listening to other things, because back then I was like, oh, like, you know, like, like progressive house is cool, but where's a drop, you know, like I wasn't able to headbang or do any, any of those things. And now I absolutely love it because I can listen to it with, you know, my parents and friends and coworkers and they think that it's amazing versus, you know, dubstep. It was a little harder to get them to like it unless it was like, you know, millions. <laughs> Yeah, de definitely. So, you know, I'm I'm a big hard dance fan. I'm a big hard style girl. And I feel like it's it's similar where like, yeah, it's hard to show it to people. Like you could show a seven line track to someone or you could show a Lenium to someone like, oh, this is nice. You know, my parents like deep house, but you show them hard style or dumb stuff. It's like, what is this? Scary. It's like scary. It's like intense. It's so fast. It's it can and also we you you mentioned sudden death. Sudden death, his stuff is pretty dark, you know, it can get pretty, especially the the visuals and things like that. I you mean his name so alone. Yeah. <laughs> his name alone is enough to turn people off you know yeah exactly definitely so amazing yeah that's that's awesome yeah I can, I can relate to that as well I feel like the pandemic changed my music taste a bit so uh when I first got into the scene um in 2009 or so well I, I've been raving yeah since 2009 I, I listened to like longer than like me wow yeah I'm, yeah so I'm 32 so I'm, I'm oh like I'm only oh for the same age Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, oh, yeah. 30s. Yeah. So I'm 32. I was born in 91. Um, yeah. I grew up listening to a lot of electronic music because I had the game Dance Dance Revolution and I liked Eurodance. Good game. <laughs> Very good game. I heard you talking about that one of your episodes. Oh, she's so cool. I talk about it on every episode because it's the best game of all time. <laughs> I suck at it, but it, it, it was it's great music. Yeah. My body oh, doesn't yeah. move that fast, but like, I wish it, <laughs> wish it did. Um, Dude, have you seen people yeah. at the arcades? Yeah. They like kill it and do like the moves and they're like moving their upper body as well. I was like, wow. They're still killing it too. Well. Like I've, I've seen people recently like, here in the Netherlands too. Like there's people, I'm, I'm just so glad that game that it's still around and it still has like not a cult following, I would say, but still has like a, a loyal following. Like I still see people here at arcades, like with all their bags and stuff and like taking up the machine. I'm like, good. You, you take up that machine. You keep practicing. Like, oh, I love that. So awesome. 
Yeah, so that that started it for me. And then I, I went to, to college in Washington, D.C., and I started going to raves. And at that time, it was a lot of big room house and also dubstep. And then I don't even know how I discovered hard style, but then it was just like hard music all the time. And then the pandemic happened and, you know, we're all stuck at home. And I'm like, what am I going to do to 200 beats per minute music like around the house? <laughs> My I started listening to more house music and now I'm back to, to hard dance. But definitely during the pandemic, I noticed like a shift of like, this music hypes me up and just makes me want to party. And then I get sad because I can't party. And it's just like this. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, I know what you mean, because I feel like at when I'm actually at a music festival, I want something fast paced and energetic and super fast. It, but when I'm like on vacation, for example, <clears throat> I prefer to listen to something you know, a lot more calm. I mean, not necessarily calm, but more upbeat and like optimistic. And um, I don't know, I guess not as- uh, Not as dark crazy. and crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but at a, at a music festival though, if I'm at a music festival, I want to listen to something hard, like something that I can dance to, headbang to. But I mean, nonetheless, it's, it's all great. I think it just really depends on your mood. And it's funny that you say that you um, like love, like uh like hard style you said hard style right you said hard, yeah hard yeah. Music? yeah yeah, the, yeah okay. so hard dance hard style hardcore hard dance for all the hard dance. yeah all the hard dance yep yes because i actually went i mean i still okay so when chloe and i my best friend whenever we do go to edc we always make sure to stop by the hard stage just because we know that we're going to get the type of music that we want to listen to which is something like super fast super energetic so for a while like i was super obsessed with like headhunters and lady faith and darksiders dark oscillators so i definitely love that genre as well um it's just that i don't know i don't know if it's an age thing or what the hell's happening we're the same I, age so i don't know i still like it yeah no i mean no i the thing is if i'm there i will go to that okay, stage yeah. like i won't like sit at the you know a stage that's like not playing something super fast or hard i just I don't know. You know, it just depends on the mood because I know that I still love it because I still go out there and go to the, you know, wherever like dubstep and hard style is playing. So I don't know. I just get it just depends. But it's funny how music changes over over time, because like five, ten, ten years ago, I would have been like, nah, let's keep listening to, you know, excision or knife party. Like I I don't know. It's just wild how it's you changed like that. Yeah, I'm wondering like 10 years from now what I'm what I'm going to like. And and also like yeah, I agree with you too. Like it just depends on like where I am. Like if I'm at home, I'm I'm going to listen to something a little more calm and chill because otherwise I'm not going to get anything done. I'm just going to be dancing, but obviously right. if I need to clean the house or something, I will, you know, can use music to motivate myself. But if I'm working or, you know, if we have like if we're just having a calm night in, you know, okay, play something a little more chill. It just it, it depends on the mood, but that's the most amazing thing about music is like there is a genre and type a, a, about electronic music, especially there is a genre, a subgenre for every little thing you need to do in your day, you know? <laughs> 100%, 100. There's a mood for, for like any phase that you're going or any, any hard time that you're going through, there's going to be some type of like EDM genre for sure that is going to resonate with you and just gonna make you feel so alive. And I feel like, I don't know with you, but I go through like these uh not phases but these obsessions where i find a new artist and then that's who i listen to for months at a time until i stumble upon another artist and i'm like okay like i'm all about this artist right now and it's 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 amazing i feel like there's just this never-ending plethora of artists 
yeah, every day more and more music coming out. And then, you know, you like one, then you find another and like, you know, apps like Spotify and things like that are a good way to discover new artists. Cause you just like, if you like this person, you like this person, or yeah, I listen to other people's podcasts or other people's recommendations. And then yeah, it's just down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Or like, um, like last year, electric forest, like we, uh, went to, uh, the Sherwood forest stage and we were just chilling there. There was no one that we wanted to see. And then we heard this like amazing, um, like set. And we were just like, who the hell is this? Because it was like this super chill, like summer of love type of vibe. And we were like, this guy is amazing. <clears throat> so after the set, we ended up looking up who was playing and it was this artist called Toro We Moi. I don't know if you've heard of him. No, I don't but, think I've heard of him. Oh, he's really good. I don't even know how to describe his, describe his music, but he's like super chill super um it's almost like this like like super funky edm i can't describe it but anyways he's this really big artist like he's done like collaborations with like rappers but his music doesn't sound like it would have like a collaboration with a rapper but anyways i was like this is amazing and so like you know going through to a music festival like you also find different artists that way that you would have never thought that like you would have liked or like whatever want to listen to. So that's, that's a great thing is that you just get exposed no matter what and find out liking things that you normally wouldn't think that you would like. Definitely. Like just walking around a festival and you hear something that you like, and then you go there or you change your mind last minute. Like you had plans to go somewhere and then someone says, Oh, come with me. And then you end up, yeah. Like you said, you end up discovering new music that way. And like, that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And I, I, I personally love that. I mean, I'm pretty much open to, to everything for the most part. Me too. I can't say that there's any like subgenre of EDM that I don't like. I can't say I'm that much into trap. It's not that I don't like trap, but like I don't really find myself listening to it that much. But everything else pretty much and maybe like minimal techno, but I mean my top three would be like hard dance, side trance, and hard techno. Those are like my three. So like dark, fast, hard music. That's that's where I'm at mostly. Side <laughs> trance is pretty cool too. It's like hard style, but without the kick and snare. Exactly. And more of like a trippy vibes. And yeah, I, lo I love Psytrance. Mm -hmm. Really, really fun, especially at an event, like especially at a festival, especially outside like that. That's the best. Oh, yeah. My boyfriend showed me some uh, like some video of I think his name is Asterix. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he showed me like this video of him playing and the crowd was just like it, it looked like a wave the way they were moving because they were like moving along to the base. So it was just it was really cool. I was like, wow, I would like to experience something like a Psytrance, like festival or artist. I don't think I've seen one live, but that would be awesome. There's a really big one in Portugal that I'm trying to go to one day called Boom. It happens every two years. I've like, heard of that. Yeah, yeah, that's supposed to be like the best one that I've heard. Yeah, for Psytrance. It's been on my list. I think it only happens every two years. So I need to check when it's happening. And it's just my schedule every year is just becoming crazier and crazier, but maybe next year uh, I'll be able to go there. That would be really cool. Yeah, fingers, fingers crossed. crossed yeah. For you, girl. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit. So how did you go from being a raver, being this girl at EDC to everything that you do now and starting your own business? Well, it's long a story. long story, but I'm willing to tell it. Go so, for it. <laughs> yeah, so for those that don't know, um, currently I, well, let me start from the very beginning. So I actually worked for Sephora for about 10 years. So while I was discovering EDM and just absolutely loving it, like I was actually working at Sephora and, um, halfway through, I started, I actually started going to nursing school 
and I became a nurse. And actually that um, do now as well. Um, it's kind of like my day job. But during that time, like after I had become a nurse, um, basically like during the pandemic, um, my boyfriend and I bought a house and I was just like, okay, how do I support this super lavish rave lifestyle and have a mortgage, you know, just because it was kind of like, okay, like these expenses are, they're not cheap. Raving is not cheap, you know, and it's not like every rave content creator, rave influencer gets to go for free. Like I bought my ticket pretty much hundred percent of the time. I never really got like a free rave ticket or anything. And so, you know, these expenses added up. And so during that time, I was like, okay, how can I make more money? What skills do I have that I can utilize? And I was like, you know what? I have makeup experience. Like I've worked at Sephora on the strip for God knows how long, like I can totally teach people how to like apply rave makeup. So that was like my first endeavor. And I tried to do like makeup coaching and it wasn't as i thought that it would be a little bit more lucrative like a little bit more successful it wasn't monetizing the way i wanted and i was like what other skills do i have and i was like you know what i know how to create content i know how to do social media for the most part and little did i know it's like this giant world because social media is the new way of advertising and from there, that's kind of how I started doing like social media management. And I will say that during that time where I was um, posting a lot more frequently and making more content, I was thinking to myself, you know, this is work. I don't necessarily think that all this work should be for free. Like, I think that we could definitely uh, make money because all these other content creators are doing it, you know, via YouTube or TikTok, whatever it is. So I, I always felt that um, for the amount of work that I would put into a photo or a video, or even back then when I was podcasting, I was like, like, I feel like I could totally make money with these skills. And a couple months later, I ended up doing social media management for um, a client. And from there, it just kind of escalated. And I was like, I can totally make um, money off of this skill. And I think right now in today's economy, it's so important to have some type of side hustle or a backup plan just because you never know which way the world is going to go. And you kind of want to have a another skill that you can fall back on in case your primary job um, or source of income is no longer a stable or um, like reliable anymore. So that's kind of how it all started with me going into social media management and content creation. Long story. No, no, no. That was <laughs> no. That wasn't. That wasn't so long. You you said that really concisely, and I really liked seeing the journey, seeing the the trajectory. And I've kind of had that too about like, okay, what skills do I have, and then what can I do with those skills, and what do I like doing, and then how do you monetize that? And when you figure out all those pieces, then then that's it. So I think that's really awesome that you did that. So do you still do stuff with makeup too now, or is it mostly social media content coaching? Do you still coach people with makeup as well? No, I do not. So now it's primarily 
uh, content creation and social media. I, I The thing is, I maybe six, seven years ago, back when I was still working at Sephora, I think the story would have been a lot different because that was pretty much my whole day and what I was e extremely passionate about back then. I mean, I still am. It's just I, I, I think that I am a lot more knowledgeable now to when it comes to social media compared to makeup because the thing is back then makeup was a lot different than what it is now and there's so many different techniques and methods and products coming out all the time and both worlds are very saturated but I feel like I've been in the social media game since it started like with Instagram, like back when it was strictly just photos. So I feel I feel a lot more confident with my social media management skills, I guess you could say. But nonetheless, in the future, maybe if I have more time, I would like to do uh, makeup coaching because I genuinely do like it. I think it's super fun. I love getting that fulfillment when someone, you know, nails a look and they they're like, oh, my God, like, I'm capable of doing this like if that wasn't so hard like it I look beautiful like you know just boosting their self confidence um I really love that and just helping people in general so maybe one day but as of right now no I'm not doing that anymore. Oh, I like to say like boosting people's confidence, but you could do the same thing like as a social media manager. And like you said too, like this is the new way of advertising. Like if you want to be mm -hmm. relevant, if you want to sell a product or a service or something, you need to be on social media and but you can give people those tools. And especially too, like it's, it, it is hard. Like you have to keep up with trends. You need to be good at technology. Like, I mean, we were like, like we said, we're 32, like we kind of grew up with the internet or as the internet came, but I can mm -hmm. imagine for the older generation, it's, it would be pretty difficult to just like figure out how to use TikTok or figure out how to use Instagram or use a computer, you know, if you didn't grow up with it. Dude, it is, I'm sure to people that didn't grow up with the internet or social media, it's probably like Chinese. It's probably like a foreign language because it's literally like this brand new interface, like on these apps, like they're always evolving. All these different features are coming out. And of course, like video editing, like there's a reason why a lot of people haven't been posting or keeping up with Instagram in terms of like reels because it's not it's not easy to do I would say I mean I don't think it's necessarily hard but if you're not used to technology the learning curve can be quite high and I don't think the Instagram has the best reels editor anyways but it's it's definitely a like there's a market is what I want to say like there there are people that will pay you to edit content for them and that's what i had realized and in today's world like like i said that is the new way to market advertise it's no longer tv so i think it's definitely a way that someone can monetize like if you are looking to create extra income and i think that it's shown with like gen z like a lot of them are creating like uh, what you would say is like user generated content ugc content and so i think that it's just all about really like tapping in and seeing like what you're capable of. And even if you're not actively like editing or creating content, like you can totally do it if you just try. Yeah, I, I think I think if you take the time to learn it, and that's a great thing now too, is like you can learn everything online now. Like you don't need a degree in marketing. Like, yeah, YouTube, like I studied political science and like international law. And like, oh, cool. like that has nothing to do with like what I do now, you know, like you can learn 
a lot of stuff online and you can learn, learn a lot of stuff from other people or just by doing something like there is a lot of accessibility these days. So if you want to learn how to video edit, or you want to learn how to use social media, like the tools are out there for you. You just need the time and, and the energy and the motivation to do it. I think definitely. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I feel like my journey of becoming like this content creator online rave content creator rave influencer air quotes i think that that's honestly like what helped me and got me here like they were honestly little stepping stones from like posting to working with brands to like figuring out exactly like what like what it was that I was trying to market via these posts or videos. And so I think that that's really helped me as a social media manager and content creator, just because I was like in that industry, you know, same thing with podcasting or, you know, anything of that nature. So honestly, you feel like all of these skills over the years have helped. And I'm just so thankful that I was able to um, see that and, yeah, here I am now. <laughs> That's awesome. So how do you go about finding clients to work with? Yes. So I'm um, so bad. But back last year when I had first started this, I actually created a, a website, my website, reneesory.com, for those that don't, <laughs> don't know. And I created this basically like a, a funnel to get clients interested, see what I was about, see if they were like my target demographic. And so I feel like the website is definitely one way. And what I was referring to like a couple seconds ago was my business Instagram story marketing. So basically I was posting actively on Instagram, like trying to promote myself, like show myself as an authority, like in the social media space, specifically reels and short form video. And I kind of fell off the wagon. Well, not kind of, I did, I did fall off the wagon with marketing myself. So it's basically been mostly through Instagram and surprisingly my website. So I have been getting prospects that way. Yeah. So that's what I try to do as well to just be everywhere. Everyone's always saying them everywhere. And like, that's what I want to be. You know, I want to be on all platforms. I want to be on podcasts. I want to be on Instagram and be on TikTok, on Facebook, a website. I want to be at festivals. I want everyone to be like, oh, there she is again. You know, I think the more places that you're at, the more visibility that you have, the more skills that you have. And if you keep brushing up on those skills, like you're just going to grow as a creator, as a business owner, as a person, just from all those experiences. Yes, 100%. Although I will say it is easier said than done to be on yeah. all those platforms. I will say that I personally like to stick to two platforms. And I just find that with Instagram and all the all of these changes, it's, it's I feel like it is a little bit more challenging. And so I think that's why I'm kind of gravitating towards podcasting again, just because it is, I would say like the biggest bang for your buck just because you can film this long form content and then cut it up into little clips and then post it onto whatever social media platforms whether it be TikTok, instagram and that way or even youtube shorts and that way you can kind of repurpose everything without having to make new content for each platform so although yes I, I will say it is great to be on all the platforms if you can however if you are a one man or one woman show it is tough and will take a lot of time and consistency and i feel like it's it, it's work 
it is legit work. I think a lot of people have the misconception that it's that it's like not work that oh it's easy to just like make content and post it on all the platforms like no it actually takes time like having to write these descriptions these captions researching all these hashtags like making sure that you post at the right time there's so many different variables that go into it and is hence why people are looking for a social media manager or a content creator to do those things for them yeah, yeah, no, it's it does take a lot of time, and I don't do this alone. I have an intern. I have people who help me. Oh, I have like, oh, go. yeah, so yeah, yeah. Do not, I could not do this alone. Um, I was trying to do it alone, and then yeah, obviously, it got to the point where it's it's not possible. I have a normal full time job as well, so yeah, kind of like you were saying, like there's no way everything you just listed, you can't. There's no way you can do that as one person and do it successfully. You know what I mean? And you need help or more time or yeah, just because there's so many things to keep up with too. There's so many strategies and. If you're, and I noticed that too, like if I'm just posting things without thinking about it, like those posts aren't going to do well. You need to be strategic about it. It needs to be like a high quality picture. It needs to be, and I, I've noticed too, like certain pictures do well than others. Videos do like this. If it's a reel between this time and this, this length and that, like, like my longer reels right. don't really do so well. It's the shorter ones that do really good. It's one of the short clips. Then you have to look for trending audio, but okay. I like hard style. So what out of the hard style song, if I'm at a hard style festival, I can't use whatever trending sound of a fairy princess when it's like everyone like going like this, like that doesn't fit. So what song has a lot of views that I can use? What effects can I use where it's like that fits? Then you need a cover photo. Then you need the hashtags and all the tags. Then are you trying to support like we, you and I both work with different brands and we're wearing one of their outfits. It's there's so much that goes into it. And it's like, well, it's going to be cold out. So if I wear this little small outfit from Relita Couture, what can I put over it so that I could still like, there's just so much, so many things to think about, you know, is the light good? Like, oh, absolutely. And all of things, all of those things that you said are so true, Amy, because the thing is back then you, you could post whatever and make a spontaneous post and it would do well. Now you definitely have to plan content in advance, plan whatever it is that you want to say. I mean, if you are going to post a, a video, let's say like that day, don't expect to post it within the, like the like within 10 minutes, like you're usually going to have to edit it, like put whatever filter you want, like, you know, the text, all of those things. And that's the thing too, like if you are, you know, content creating or being a quote unquote influencer, whatever, like for these brands, like if you are doing that for a festival, there is going to be a level of work involved too, making sure that you get the photos that you promised for these brands or videos etc so it, it is totally a job and if you are working a day job it's going to be a lot harder because then literally every every waking moment that you're not at your day job you're literally working on your content trying to make sure that you get things out on time that you meet deadlines that you're meeting your clients needs if you have like some side gig or whatever so i i feel like kudos to you because I know how hard it is to have a podcast and like still work at the same time and get all of the um, content like scheduling guests and making sure that you have a guest or you know just being able to to do it so it is it is genuinely like a lot of hard work so it's about at the same time it's fun that's what I love about it. it's fun and I feel like it's fulfilling because um, at least from like the social media manager, like content creator side, I feel like I'm helping people kind of like reach their dreams because I'm helping them market their business so that they can do what they want, like have lived the life that 
they dreamt of and you know live life on their, on their own terms so yeah it's 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 a lot of work but i think it's worth it in the end definitely yeah i agree 100 it's, it's a ridiculous amount of work but it's if you love it and if and i think once you start to see it growing too and once people you know say oh yeah i learned this from your podcast or i learned this from your coaching program or oh i really like this like that you're like okay like i'm starting to make a difference people start to come to you so looking back at everything that you've accomplished What's one thing that you wish you knew before you started all this? Or what would you tell someone starting their own social media business for the first time? I wish that I, I wish that I honestly wasn't so hard on myself because I mean, I've always been hard on myself since I was a kid, but during your first year of business, I will say it's going to be the hardest year of your business because you don't know what the hell you're doing. You're honestly just trying to find these processes and like figure out your own work, trying to figure out what works for you and your schedule. And so when I had first started my my business, I was like, why am I not getting more clients? Is it the way that I'm advertising? Is it because I don't know how to do X, Y, Z or like, what is it? that they're looking for. And so I would say that do not be so hard on yourself, but know it will take consistency and you're going to have to reschedule plans with your family, with your significant other to work on whatever it is that you want to do and like go from your side hustle to being like your full-time job because it it is going to take a lot of time so i would say that i honestly wish i knew how much time sacrifice it was going to take but also that it's okay to be a little more forgiving because it is your first year of business your first year of trying to do things and it's a different world if you're not um if you didn't grow up with anyone that was like an entrepreneur or if you had no resources, like you, you literally don't know. So I would say that just the amount of time and sacrifice and learning curve as well is something that I wish that I had known. And I mean, till this day, it's my second year uh, business. So it's, it's, it's going to be this never ending, like learning cycle, but I would say that's definitely one thing I wish that I knew that it was going to be hard and there's going to be lots of sacrifices, but it's all worth it. <laughs> oh, one, 100%. I, I would say I'm definitely like obsessed with it now and with all the cool things that come from it, just because like entrepreneurship, it's not taught in school, which is mind blowing. And it, it they, I feel like they, it's like that for a reason, you know, like, I feel like school kind of teaches you to be a W-2 employee. Like they don't necessarily teach you how to branch out, create your own business, create your own income, like all the tax benefits that come with starting your own business. And I think that's really unfortunate, but I think if you are trying to become a business owner or have like a side hustle that you're working on, like I would say, keep going, like don't give up. Everyone should try to have their own business at some point. I mean, not yeah. everyone's meant to do it, but I think it will help you in life. 
Yeah, I think having those kind of passion projects is important, especially if your normal job is not your passion. If if you find that you're working in your, you know, your regular nine to five and that's your passion, then a hundred percent go for it. And and I know a lot of people who do that, but if it's not, or if you want that and something else, then like definitely pursue it, you know. And like you said, there are a lot of challenges, but it's just really rewarding working for yourself and like having something that's totally your own. Like this is your baby, you can do it however you want, you're your own boss, you know. You're not reporting to someone else. It's like, it's totally your own creation. And I think, I think that's what makes it really special. I think, yeah, you nailed it, Amy. I think that being able to do things when you want and just having that freedom is so amazing. And it's unlike anything else because it gives you this sense of control of your life. Like you don't have to put in PTO. You don't have to request certain vacation days off you literally make your own schedule and it's on your time and i think that it is just so convenient to be able to have that luxury because i mean like i said i still work my day job and i experience you know those those restraints like that controlling grasp like on my life that sometimes i just don't want to have like not sometimes like I I just don't want to have that like anymore and so I think once you do experience what it's like to work for yourself and generate your own income you will keep striving for that I don't think you'll ever stop because you know what it's like to have that sense of freedom and to live life the way you want even though you're working hard I would say even harder than your for, for whoever it is that you're working for, just because you're working for yourself. And I think that that's just the biggest investment that you can make is um, putting all the time and effort into yourself and doing something that's gonna better you plus making income. So I think that everyone should try it at one point. And it's just it's just amazing to see what you're capable of because you are stronger than, than you think when it comes to um, you know reaching your dreams and monetizing your passion and things like that. So. Whoever's listening and wants to do it, I say go for it. So what step, what's one step someone could take today if they want to start their own business? Like what's the first thing they can do? Figure out what they're good at. Figure out what they are really good at. I mean, of course, mix that in with what they like. But like, for example, I knew that I was good at creating content, creating things that people would want to watch or editing photos and videos. And so there's a a way. And the same thing with makeup. I was like, you know, I know I'm good at putting on makeup. I know that I can teach because I, you know, had developed those skills over time at Sephora. I was like, I can monetize this. And whether it be, for example, going to a thrift store and finding certain things and selling them online, for like double the price or whatever and making income that way. I feel like that's that's a skill. Like you need to be good at identifying what you can not necessarily flip, but um, know the true value of and charge a little bit more like online. Like there's always gonna be something, whether it be like copywriting, um, you know, writing blogs or anything of that nature, photography. I think that there's so many different ways or if you're like, I don't know, um, if you love animals, like, like trying to start like a some type of pet walking service or babysitting service or I don't know I feel like the the possibilities are endless or like cooking if you like to cook you can always create some home business where you like meal prep for people that don't have time like I think that there are just so many different ways that you can 
create income or if you're like i don't know music producer you can make jingles for small businesses like for commercials or ads and yes sometimes it won't seem like the best option like it might seem kind of cringy at first like oh i don't really want to do that like you might have this sense of ego where you think you're like better than that but it's it's a place to start you know and i think that the possibilities are endless and it just take some time into like just really looking deep within yourself and thinking like what am I good at what can I do or what can I learn to do because there are courses available like you said there's coaching available so there's so many resources now and we have the internet people like there's just so many different ways to like learn skills so I think that there's honestly no excuse because I think that everyone is truly good at something and you can monetize um, a skill that you have or are going to have and so I would say start there and seeing what you're good at, passionate about, and go from there. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Start making lists. That's what I would say. Write things down. Yes. Make a list. Yeah, I love lists. <laughs> I absolutely love lists, which is, it sounds like a crazy person talking, but I get like the biggest dopamine hit when I cross something out. I'm looking around, I got lists everywhere. It's like I have my weekly list, I have daily. I, yeah, I love, yeah, I love crossing things off lists. I like making lists. I like making them by day, by category. I have lists on my phone. I have like lists on whiteboards, just like lists, different lists everywhere. <laughs> oh yeah, I have so many um, like, no, like notes on, you know, the note app on iPhone. I have some dating back to like 2019, still on my phone, all these like lists of like things to do, grocery lists, but yeah, it's, hey, I, you know what? I feel like in order to to do what we're doing, I think you need to be able to write lists because you have a lot of stuff to get done. A lot of stuff to get done. And also, you know, if you're out on, you're out somewhere, like you got to write it on your phone or like ideas always just come to me. You know, sometimes, you know, yes. everyone bikes here in the Netherlands. If I'm on my bike, it's a little bit difficult. Or if you're in the shower, you know, it's a little bit difficult. But if you're, if you get an idea and you're able to write it down, write it down right away because it just, it, it'll disappear. Oh, I, I, yeah. I don't know how many times I, I'm like driving from work or whatever, and I'll literally hit um, like my phone Siri. I'll be like, note, do this idea, blah, 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 blah. So that way it at least like writes it down and then I can always refer to it later. But yeah, I totally understand what you mean. I also have things in my sleep sometimes too, where like I, I work in my dreams. I don't, people are, sorry if anyone's listening, like just, if they think I sound like a psycho, but like I sometimes like no. in my dream. I'm, so before I, before I got an intern, I was dreaming that I wrote up like the vacancy, you know, like the, the, the job posting for an intern. And I wrote it in my, like when I was sleeping, like I need somebody who, you know, fluent in English, video editing experience like sometimes I wake up I'm like did I just like work in my dream or like I come up with an idea some of the ideas are dumb and like not relevant but other ideas I wake up I'm like hmm maybe I should come up with like drop bass not bombs crop tops for the summer or maybe I should like have this DJ or maybe I should focus more on this type of podcast guest or reach out to this brand or it's like I don't know sometimes I do you ever have that do you ever work in your sleep um, I've ha I've multiple times, especially, uh, believe it or not, when like with with my nursing job, I have that a lot. I dream a lot about work. I hear the machines, but also with like what you said, having ideas, um, like after waking up or after sleeping. I think that is very common because I have the same exact thing, or like waking up and having like insight and having the answer, like and clarity. I, th I think what it is is like your brain is just cleaning itself and like you're dreaming and just getting all of 
your like subconscious thoughts like out there and like finding like the solution when you do wake up but i do think that that there's there's definitely some connection where you like will wake up and have like these ideas or for me i i get most of my ideas especially my like business or social media ideas i get them really late at night and i think it's because that's when like my brain is like winding down i'm not actively like thinking i'm not on high alert or anything like that and that's when i'll think of for example uh, my former podcast best candy ever i thought of that at 4 a.m during the pandemic i clearly remember like texting my boyfriend the next day i was like i think i'm gonna start a podcast and so i i 100 understand what you're saying that's awesome. Yeah, it's, I think it just comes with being creative too and being really motivated and like ambitious. Like yes. just my brain is just constantly, it, but then on the flip side of that, on the downside that it's really hard to shut off. And also like, I'm sure it's frustrating for other people because like mid conversation, I'm like, oh, what about this? And like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not always like present in the moment because I'm like doing 10 other things. So I think that's kind of the flip side of it is like, you're not always being present in the moment if you're like constantly, you know, your brain's running a million miles an hour with with ideas and thoughts and business plans and things like that, you know? Yeah, I heard it on, do you listen to Dr. Huberman, Andrew Huberman? No, who's that? Oh, okay. He's this really um, famous neuroscientist. I believe he's a professor at MIT or some really big school. But he's been on Rogan a lot. He kind of blew up during the pandemic. But I remember him saying that the reason you come up with these ideas when you're like in a almost like in a state of daydreaming is what I want to say is because like your your mind is like relaxed, like you're able like kind of open like these neural connections so you can just like think free flow and you're not like you're not super focused on anything. So I think it's kind of like letting that wall down and being able to just like freely think, hmm. if that makes sense. I think he was saying it's kind of similar to like when your mind is like on psychedelics, like all of the like connections are just open and you're just able to freely um, think and see things in a different light. Oh, I'm going to check him out. That's really interesting. Yeah, that, that makes I wonder if that's why I do get a lot of ideas like sleeping, shower on my bike, like when my mind is kind of because obviously if you're on your bike or you're in the shower, you you you're, you can't be doing you could do maybe a couple things at the same time, but you can't like, you know, you're not working, you're not having a conversation with someone, your your brain isn't as stimulated, I think. So yeah, that that makes sense. I'll have to yes. check him out. Yeah, I think you would really enjoy it. Nice. So I want to talk a little bit about being a coach. So during the pandemic, we saw a rise in online coaches. If someone's looking for a coach, what is some advice you have for them to find the right coach for them? How do you kind of weed out? Because there is kind of a trend in like anyone can be a coach now. It's really accessible. So how does someone find the right coach? Oh, you just have to do your due diligence and do research, I would say, and look and see if they have any testimonials like any reviews and try to see if they're like legitimate of course and kind of you know do your own research and see if they have the experience and what it is that you're looking for so honestly i think it's just a matter of you like choosing i don't know maybe like the top three in whatever industry it is that you want coaching in and doing some research and it can be as simple as typing it into Google and looking that coach up and seeing what people have to say about them, like on Reddit, you know, because Reddit is kind of 
this uh, savage place where you definitely will get the truth. So I think you just really have to do some some research for sure. Nice. Yeah. And I, I think that's it. That's a good thing about the internet is like the information's out there. You just need to find it. And I think a lot of coaches will have good testimonials. And I, and I suppose you could always like reach out to people too, like reach out to someone who did the program or reach out to someone who commented. Yes. Like, oh, what did you yeah, like about that? 100%. Coach? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You can always like start a, a conversation for sure. But it, it's, yeah, I think you just really have to find somebody who who is in that industry who like people will recommend. I mean, not that, you know, like these newer coaches are are bad, but you know, some of them are definitely a little less experienced. And I'm not going to say that I was like this amazing, like super hardcore makeup coach because I was just starting out. However, I did have the experience like working in the makeup industry for 10 years. So, I think it's just all about researching the coach and finding out what their um, programs are like and like what they've like done in the past things like that to see if they are qualified nice yeah and find like and find the best fit for you yeah that makes sense mm -hmm. so how do you you talk about so many different things so you have your own content you do content for other people you also work as a nurse you have a boyfriend you go to festivals how do you find balance I, I have the same like long list of things but how do you yeah, find I've... balance with all of that <laughs> so I would say that I definitely plan things ahead of time. Like on my days off, I usually write what it is that I'm going to do the night before. Like if I know that I'm going to edit, um, that I need to edit content for a client, I will write that on the top of my list. And honestly, it's just a matter of planning things ahead. Because if I know I'm going to go out Saturday night, I'm going to make sure that I have everything done by Friday. Uh, at the latest. So I think it's just a matter of of creating your own schedule. Like I can't remember the last time I had a day off from my day job where I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do today. No, there was literally always something that I had to do. And that would include regular life things such as grocery shopping. And, you know, sometimes I do feel overwhelmed, but I think what has really helped me um, is yoga. So I actually do yoga four times a week and I make it a point to uh, meditate as well. So I think that's definitely helped me with um, not feeling so overwhelmed or feeling anxious. And it just makes me feel more grounded and gives me a sense of like, okay, I can do this. Like this is an hour to myself. This is what I'm doing for me today because usually I'm doing things for other people uh, most of the time. So I think that that's what has really helped me. But I would say that creating a schedule for yourself and sticking to it, like in, let's say you really have to get something done, like put that at the top of your list. Like don't wait until the end of the day to do it. So like with working out, like with yoga, I, I start my day off with yoga usually just because I know that if the day goes on, I'm going to get lazy. I'm going to find things that I'm going to have to do and I will make an excuse for myself to not go. So I think it's just a matter of prioritizing and also like being disciplined. You really do have to discipline yourself when it comes to having your own business or your own content because like I said, it is another job. So it's just a matter of having that discipline and consistency for sure. 
Yeah, definitely. I think so too. And good time management. And yeah, I also do yoga and also meditate. And I think <gasps> Yay, the best cool. thing, yeah, I feel like a lot of us in, in the rave scene, I'm, I, it's come up a couple of times, like spirituality. And obviously you see my background, I'm all about crystals and all that kind of stuff. I love it. <laughs> I think it's common in the rave scene, but what you said about yoga, like, I feel like for me, you know, when social media is such a big part of your job or being on the computer and the screen, is such a big part of your job, you need things to like get away from your phone and computers, TV screens. And like yoga is a great way to do that because like, you can't be, you know, scrolling on TikTok when you're in downward dog, like you're going to fall. You can't be like, you know, doing Shavasana and like <laughs> making right. Real. Then you're not, you know, you're not focused. You're, you, you probably will get hurt. Um, for me, I like, doing <laughs> yeah, you just like fall for me. I like doing fitness in a class because obviously like if I am paying for the gym, paying for the gym membership, going to the class, I leave all my phone in the lock phone and things in the locker. And then like, I'm focused. And that's like an hour where it's like, it's just time for me I'm not doing anything. I can't do anything else because the door is closed and I'm in this class and like, I'm present in the moment focused. And yeah, that's, I, I, I really appreciate it. that helps me a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. I am the exact same way. I honestly, I started doing um, group fitness or yoga probably about, I would say almost five, six or advocate of going to the gym by myself, putting on some headphones and blasting dubstep and just working out, doing cardio like crazy, whatever, doing weights. But when my friend introduced me to yoga in like a group setting for the first time, I instantly became obsessed because I realized what motivates me to work out is seeing other people work out. There's something about having that like sense of community in a, for example, a yoga class that is, is really powerful. Just seeing everybody like trying to better themselves, like not just physically, but also mentally. And there is this awesome like sense of like, I don't know, I guess you would say there's this good energy. I feel like in a yoga class, like everybody is very, for, from my experience, extremely nice, extremely kind. And I think it's just the aspect of yoga of everyone just being so calm and Zen. It's so different from a, um, a, a gym setting where everybody's like super high energy, super, I don't know, like into they're in their own world, but with yoga, there's this sense of mindfulness and others. But I mean, of course, you're still getting like this bomb workout, especially if you're doing like a power class, any type of flow class. So it's it's different, but I would I would definitely agree. There's something about doing um, like a, a yoga class with other people that's that's really amazing and spiritual, and it just leaves you with this like amazing sense of calm and gratitude, and it's it's really unlike anything. And I I'm very addicted to it. My boyfriend and I we do yoga pretty consistently now, so it's just it's just helped a lot mentally with balancing everything in life. And it's honestly it's therapy. I call it church. Yeah, I, I feel I feel the same way. I've never felt worse after doing yoga. You only feel better. <laughs> always, always 100%. There have been times where I'll do yoga class and, you know, sometimes during a class, like I want to like start crying because I'm going through something or where or, or where afterwards I'm just like so thankful and I see the world so much clearer and I have this sense of like clarity and optimism or, you know, setting those intentions. I think that that has really helped a lot, especially with like self-confidence, with feeling capable, with feeling confident and being able to run a business successfully. Like there's just so many things I think that um, yoga has done for me and I am a big advocate for it. So if you're thinking about doing yoga, 
do it because it has changed like my life for sure. Do Just it. like yeah. reading. Yes, it, there's yoga for everyone too. Like there's EDM for everyone. There's yoga for everyone. Like doesn't matter like what level you're at. It doesn't matter like where you're at with your body. Like there's you can anybody can do a form of yoga because a lot of it's breathing exercises. You can do it from a chair. You can do it laying down. Like there's yeah. just really all different types. Like you can do it, you know, hardcore hot power yoga with weights, or you could just do a more chill yin yoga in your bed. Like there's really oh, yoga I love for everyone. Yin. Yeah, me too. You get deep in that stretch. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And there's just something about being able to having control of your breath and being able to slow down your heart rate and put yourself in a state of calmness in a time where it's so hard. Like I find myself doing like breathing exercises at work a lot and a lot of times because it is overwhelming, but I think it, it just translates into real life. And I think that's what I love about it is that I can control how I feel in that moment just simply by being aware of like, my breath and doing certain things to to slow it down so it's it's amazing everyone should try it yeah so we're coming to the towards the end now i'm sure we could talk all day but we're coming towards the I end know. now because we have a lot in common clearly so definitely i'll have you come back on again maybe we'll do a whole episode about <gasps> yoga I would love that. something like that um but it's but it's great we started off like this and people could get to know you and your company and all the things that you do so this is the question that i ask all my guests how do you rave for a cause or party for a purpose in your life oh man well you know what i would say it's it just comes so naturally and you know that that's honestly honestly how i even got in to raving or what really got me sucked in was besides the music was the sense of like human kindness that I would feel at a festival and just just receiving and giving like these genuine like smiles and how are you's and just seeing what the real world is like without any of like the negativity like being able to see what the world is like with genuine kindness, compassion for others is is really what even got me to to continue raving. It was just that having like this this strong sense of humanity and being nice to other people and really caring for people. It's it's not hard to rave with a purpose when when you see like the best in others and seeing this world that genuinely cares for you and loves you for who you are doesn't have any like preconceived notions about you doesn't care like what you look like what you wear how you express yourself etc so it's just a you know you know it's not hard to rave when you just want to be like kind to the world and kind to others um it i mean that's one of the reasons why I wanted to rave is because you, you get to see how the world is without all of these different boundaries. It's almost like this utopia. It's like this, this paradise where everybody genuinely loves each other. So I don't, I don't know. It's raving can change anyone's life. And I say that because there's so many people that say that raving has saved their lives because, you know, they were thinking about, you know, like killing themselves, for example, and then they go to a rave or something, and then that changes their whole perspective on life. And it's because of the kindness and acceptance that they felt there. So it's, I don't know, I, th I think that it, there's just so many different um, 
elements to being in that rave community when you feel like that sense of love. So it's, uh, God, that it's hard. It's hard to answer that question, Amy, to be honest, but, um, yeah, I think raving with purpose just means like, you know, being kind to everyone and hopefully having it translate into the real world after, you know, whatever three, four day experience somebody has. Yeah, I always say that raves raves are little ecosystems, like mini ecosystems, especially festivals. And if we can take that love and passion and everything that you do, all the niceness, being nicer, take it out into the real world, that would really make a difference. And what you said was really well said. And thank you so much for your time today. Can you let people know where to connect with you online? Yes, absolutely. So I do have a website. It's reneesoire.com. However, I am mostly on Instagram, I'm currently a bass drop princess. So uh, yeah, come hang out. Awesome. I'll link to all that in the show description, in the show notes. Thank you so much for today. And I'll have to have you back on because we still have a lot more things to talk about. <laughs> yes, we do. I would love that. Thank you so much, Amy, for having me. Thank you. Bye. Bye, y'all. So that was my episode with Renee Soiree, formerly known as Bass Drop Princess. Since she's changed her name online, I'm going to drop all of her social media links here. You can find her on Instagram by going to renee.soiree or by going to her website at reneesoiree.com. Check out her content, sign up for her coaching, give her a follow, and let her know that the Drop Bass Not Bombs podcast sent you. So now it's time for some announcements. So these are actually the last announcements for a little while because this will be the last episode until the fall. I mentioned this previously, but guys, the podcast is taking a little bit of a break. It's going to return in the early fall. As soon as I have a date, I'll let you know. I already have a lot of things up and coming, but we are going to be taking a short break. And the reason for this is, yeah, I'm not here the whole summer <laughs> between EDM House Network and Hearthstyle Mag. Um, I'm going to be on the road, in a plane, on a train, all over. So yeah, it's just not feasible to put out episodes. There's a couple other things going on I'll get to in just a second as well. But between Awakenings, Tomorrowland, Forbidden Island, Amsterdam Dance Event, EDC Orlando, so it's like all over the world, basically. Um, yeah, I, I won't be here. But the good news is I am coming back, and I'll be back with some amazing content and guests because at a lot of these events, I will be doing a bunch of interviews. I also do have some in the pipeline and things lined up as well. So I'll be back very, very soon. I just want to let you guys know I will be continuing with the Wednesday night live. So I've been going live every Wednesday night at six o'clock Central European time. That's 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So I've been going live uh, from the MC Unicorn official Instagram. It used to be from the Drop Base Not Bombs NL one, but we moved it over to MC Unicorn official. Every Wednesday, I talk about different topics related to the podcast. So that will continue. And I might do that from my travels as well. So maybe you guys will join me in Croatia or yeah, when I'm in Orlando, we'll just see how things go. But yeah, that's a great way for you guys to connect with me, to learn more about the podcast, ask any questions you have. And we, it's it's like the podcast, but shorter, obviously it's just me solo, um, but kind of just shorter form content. So if you guys prefer, you know, things that are 20 minutes rather than an hour, hour and a half, then yeah, it's a great opportunity for you. And we've covered a ton of different topics already. I have a long list of topics to go. If you guys have any suggestions for topics or things you would like me to talk about, or if you'd like to join me on the live, you can join um, as a guest on the live. Just let me know and we can arrange that. That would be really cool. 
or alternatively, if there's anyone you'd like to see me bring onto the live. Uh, last year, I did do a live with DJ Sideglide in Israel. That was really cool. So I'm open to doing something like that again, if anyone has any suggestions. So again, that will be every Wednesday, six o'clock Central European time, MC Unicorn Official on Instagram. So also related to the podcast, we, you know, we're talking about taking a break. I'm working on expanding our team. So looking for more people, if you're passionate about video editing, social media, marketing, graphic design, really, if you have any kind of skills that you think would be related to the podcast or what we do here at Drop Base Not Bombs, if you're passionate about raving for a cause, helping other people, making the scene a better place, um, passionate about electronic music, about raves, maybe you're a DJ an MC, content creator, etc. send me an email at dropbasenotbombsnl at gmail.com. You can also just, you know, go to our website, dropbasenotbombs.nl, submit a form. You can, you can DM me on my personal, you can, you could just contact me any way you want. And uh, yeah, let's chat. Um, I'm definitely open to hearing suggestions and looking to expand our team. So also during this short break, as I'm listing things, it's not really a break at all, but during this short break, I will also be continuing on with my second podcast. That is Ravers Revelations. Ravers Revelations is the podcast where my friend Elena Van Wyk and I read and react to your festival stories. So this comes out once a month on Patreon for as little as five euros a month. You can support us. You can access exclusive content. The episodes are crazy. They're really funny. These stories are wild. You guys have submitted some really crazy ones. So Go on over and check that out. You can click the link in the bio or description, wherever you're listening, and become a Patreon today. So next announcement is from friend of the podcast, Shroom Beach. Shroom Beach has fun and comfortable psychedelic clothing and beachwear. I'll be rocking some of their outfits this summer, so stay tuned for that. I also wore one of their outfits at Ultra, which was really comfortable and fun. Every year, they donate 10% of their profits to the Psychedelic Institute. Use code MCUNICORN20 to save some money today. Get your outfits just in time for festival season. You guys better hurry up because <laughs> it's festival season now. Lastly, if you guys want to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as 99 cents a month by going to Spotify and clicking the support link. You can also support the podcast by giving me a thumbs up on YouTube, subscribing to my channel, um, following me on all the listening platforms or wherever you're listening. Give me a five-star review if it's on Spotify or Apple. You can also share it with a friend on your Instagram story or whatever. There are just so many ways you can support this podcast. And I really appreciate everything you guys have been doing. Doing. And thank you so much for listening. So that's all for today. If you'd like the podcast, again, hit me up, <laughs> give me that thumbs up, share it with a friend, follow us on Instagram at dropbasenotbombsnl. You can follow me on Instagram, mcunicornofficial. You can follow us on Patreon, Ravers Revelations. And yeah, also we're now on TikTok. So TikTok, mcunicornofficial. And we'll see you next time. I don't know the date yet, but very soon in the fall. Have a great summer, everybody. Stay safe and I'll see you next time. Bye.